DDCO at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. Uh, it is Wednesday, November 4th, 2020, episode number 94. My name is Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. And um, yeah, Jack, uh, nothing going on in the news. Uh, so, um, you know, let's just talk about uh, our 1994 rookies. Who do you Perfect. got, Jack? Um, yeah, 1994, Jeremy, uh, an interesting season. As we all know, that was the strike shortened. Uh, year so that was the only year in you know in like pretty much ever that they didn't have a world series uh so that was crazy there was a lot of good stuff going on that year tony gwynn hit 394 uh when play stopped or he was hitting 394 when play stopped so you know nobody knows if he would have he would have hit 400 that year nobody had done that since ted williams uh matt williams i think he had 43 homers when the season stopped ken griffey jr had 40 so you had a couple guys who were maybe on pace to break Roger Maris's 61 home run record. And the Expos were the best team in baseball that year uh, yep. in 94. Um, so that, that year is uh, kind of a big, uh, you know, what if year. Uh, there was a lot of cool stuff going on. I mean, imagine if the Expos had made it to the World Series. It's almost unthinkable. Uh, but as far as my 1994 debut is concerned, uh, the guy I picked, Jeremy, was Rusty Greer. Do you remember Rusty Greer? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, not super familiar with him, but yeah, yeah, I know him. Sure. Um, well, he yeah, he played on the Texas Rangers. Played his whole career there uh, from 1994 to 2002. So he had kind of a short career, uh, but he hit 305 in his career. He played in over a thousand career games. Really. Had 4,400 plus career plate appearances, and he hit 305, which is really uh, really solid. Um, he uh, drove o- drove in over a hundred runs three times, um, uh, and uh, yeah, he uh, even one year he even drew ninety six walks. Uh, so he uh, you know he he was a good on base guy too. I'm seeing three seasons of over eighty walks here, um, including that ninety six uh, walk season. So yeah, he, he's kind of just an uh, sort of an unsung, forgotten player from that era. But yeah. uh, you know, I uh, he was he was. Pretty good. It looks like his career was cut short, probably due to injuries. He was 33 when he was finished. Uh, his last two seasons, he only played in 62 and 51 games. But uh, yeah, just kind of a good under the radar player. Um, and his nickname was the Red Baron, which I actually did not remember. But uh, but yeah, he uh, solid player, Rusty Greer. Well, uh, I would uh, I would caution I would I'd, I would take caution if you say that name around Rick Sutcliffe and let him know that because he, he might beg to differ on who the true Red Baron is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, Jack, we were talking about this uh, before we recorded, and, like, you know, I feel like this is right around those years that I kind of started, like, falling off of baseball a little bit. And um, not quite, not quite. I think I was still in uh, definitely in 95 for sure. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, it's um, – <clears throat> Well, actually, I don't know who who the hell knows, but um, uh, Rusty Greer is totally like a guy who, like, yeah, I I will say like I I know the name and everything, but yeah, looking at these numbers, I had no idea that he kind of put up these kind kind of numbers. I mean, through like his first, you know, whatever, like five years of his career, like um, he had like really goddamn good numbers, like 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 I feel like um, like sabermetrics guys would have like loved loved him like with these numbers that he put up. 
Yeah, um, and you know, yeah, it's not like he's a, a guy who just would swing all the time either. Like his his walk numbers are pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, he was a pretty decent on base guy. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know uh, how he kind of slipped through the cracks there. Um, and you know, it was the steroid era, but his numbers don't really look like a steroid guy. He just looks like a guy yeah. who was really good at uh, who was a really good hitter. Um, uh, didn't get a whole lot of accolades during his career either. He never made an All Star team. Which is kind of uh, which is kind of neat, you know. He put up those he put up those good numbers, but he was an outfielder, so there were uh, you know the it was probably a crowded uh, selection of guys. So yeah, here's a guy who had, he played eight years, hit three oh five for his career, uh, had a, had a bunch of really good seasons where he had a lot of RBIs and some home runs, and yet never made an All Star team either. Kind of kind of like a, a, a Nick Markakis for the nineteen nineties. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about him in that in that kind of category, like maybe even like a. Grady Sizemore, like a Jacoby Ellsbury with a little more power or something, although Ellsbury, I think, got to some of those home run numbers. But, yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. And, interesting uh, and stuff. yeah, like Grady Sizemore without the uh, mirror selfies where he's naked and holding a coffee mug over his junk. <laughs> yes, no, a few of, uh, you know, Greer... I don't know Greer's gals like it doesn't have the same <laughs> Yeah, Grady's yeah, like ladies. Grady's ladies, Greer's gals. I like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rusty's whatever. I don't want to go there, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, interesting. I, I also you got to say like a guy named Rusty, like to be a career ranger, it seems perfect. So right there, you go right. Um, well, Jack, uh, I have um for my 1994 uh, debut is uh, John Lieber. John Lieber, yeah, former former Cub. Uh, I remember him having a rubber arm, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean. You know, just in those 2000s, like for the Cubs, like uh, early 2000s, I guess. Um, I mean, John Lieber was like the man. I mean, it's kind of crazy, though, to, to look back at his numbers because his numbers are not, you know, they're 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 not earth shattering. But like no. he was that that's probably just a testament as to how bad the Cubs were, because he was like the savior for 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 this team. And like, yeah, I mean, he had a 407 ERA in 99, then 441. 380 uh i mean he won 20 games in 2001 so uh you know it's pretty good fourth in cy young voting uh 370 in 2002 uh and then he um missed a year i assume must have been tommy john or something and then he ended up on the yankees and the phillies and ended his career back on the cubs in 2008 which is just kind of bizarre um but uh, but yeah, he was he was just one of those Cubs that was like good for a bad team basically, and uh, he's he'll like always be a Cubs fan favorite, I would say. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yeah, those that 2000 season where he pitched 251 innings and looks like he led the major leagues, uh, that's pretty legit. I don't remember him being a 20 game winner, so good for him that he uh, that he reached that threshold. Looks like that was the yeah. year he made his only All Star team. Um, yeah. Was he a fat pitcher? Yep, he was. Um, okay. You know, I mean, not to the extent of like a uh, Bartolo Colon or anything, but um, he, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a comp weight-wise uh, for for John Lieber, you know, <laughs> like a like a uh, JJ Hoover or um, oh. who's that? Who's that doofus who runs in from the uh, du- from the? Oh, Todd Coffee. Todd Coffee. Yeah, kind of like that. Like maybe. Todd, I would say Todd Coffey might have a few pounds on John Lieber, but you know, um, <laughs> you know, he was he was a big guy for sure. Sure. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, well, so, right on. Yeah, and if you're so inclined, Jack, I know I happen to know that John Lieber is on Cameo, so you can uh, 
you can hire John Lieber to uh, do a video, a recorded video message. John, uh, Jack, do you know? Do you know what Cameo is? I so I do. I do know what Cameo okay. is, Jeremy. Um, uh, it's Cameo is amazing. I've actually wanted yeah. to get one for one of my friends. Um, yeah. yeah, that would be a good a good birthday present for you, Jeremy. I'll have to see what Cubs were on there. Um, you know, yes. now that I know John Lieber is, because I think Ryan Sandberg is on Cameo. Um, oh, okay, like Kyle Schwarber might be. Uh, maybe a couple of the other modern co's, but yeah, now I know that John Lieber's on there, Jeremy. I might might have to get you that one. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, um, I love Ryan Sandberg, but uh, you know, even in like a thir- ninety second video, I might fall asleep halfway through uh, <laughs> Sandberg's cameo. But um, but you know, uh, but yeah, Lieber. I I saw one with Lieber. He just recorded one sitting like. You can tell he's like, you know, in just like this big house, like in the suburbs or something like he's in like his basement with this like long couch and he's just recording. He's like, hey, Bill, your friend Max wanted to tell me to wish you a happy birthday. So happy birthday, buddy. Like, I mean, pretty much that's every cameo like out there. So um, (laughs) and what what, the voice. yeah, I was gonna say for our listeners who don't know what uh, what cameo is, it's just a it's just like a service where you can pay celebrities a fee to wish you a happy birthday and stuff, and it ranges from people like you know Charlie Sheen who would be like five hundred dollars for a for a two minute video to a guy like John Lieber who's probably what 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 was he charging about fifty sixty bucks for his? I don't even think it might have been thirty or forty. I don't. I think it was forty maybe. <laughs> sixty would be outrageous okay. for Lieber. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Well, Jeremy, actually, uh, yeah, next time your birthday rolls around, I'll have to see if Shohei Otani is on there yet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, you, you know, all these years later, I'm still, I still stand Otani. So there you go. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Um, yeah. So yeah, so those are some good 1994 uh, uh, debuts, um, and you know, another blast from the past. Uh, that's happening currently is that the White Sox hired Tony Larusa as their manager. Ah, Jack, man, we could not. I I almost like wanted to call like an emergency episode because uh, the news <laughs> broke. I think the day after our or like the day our last episode dropped, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I mean, man, what what can you say? Did we even talk about like I did we did we mention Larusa's name? And when we were talking about Renteria at all, I don't think so, right? Um, I believe that we may have joked about it because, you know, that, that was during the time where they were like, you know, yeah, they're thinking about talking to Tony La Russa, um, right. you know, and I, I think that everybody kind of thought that was a joke uh, to begin <laughs> yeah. with, or at least like, you know, oh, they can't be serious. Or people thought that like, uh, you know, he was, Tony La Russa was being used as like a red herring to to um <laughs> yeah, you know right. to people be like oh man this this that would be so shitty if they hired him so then when they hired AJ Hinch it would soften the blow for White Sox fans even though like you know because oh they figure maybe some people thought AJ Hinch is a cheater they don't want him but I think all White Sox fans wanted AJ Hinch to be the manager um, yeah I think so, so uh, and and pretty much universally every White Sox fan hated this hire understandably. Uh, yeah, and and you know the only person defending it seems to be Steve Stone. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, he said that he won't be the oldest guy on the plane anymore. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know it's quite impressive when when you can like alienate a whole fan base for like a a, a nice like range of reasons too. Like, not only like are people upset about Larusa because it, it, he isn't AJ Hinch or uh, Alex Cora. But, you know, they're also like they're also disappointed because he's like 
considerably older than you know he, he might be out of touch with the with the with the vibe of baseball these days um you know he he has some uh questionable statements on on players kneeling and players uh showboating so like he's really they've really managed to alienate the the fan base i know in a, in a wide scope it's quite impressive yeah um and, and i feel like uh, the, you know first of all it was funny because when they announced the hire they showed Tony LaRusso's picture up there, but they had A.J. Hinch's signature. It's yeah, like, how, yeah, how the hell, how does that happen? Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. Some social media guy, but like, why was A.J. Hinch's signature even, even on there? I don't know. But it's, that's yeah. a very White Sox thing. But I think that if the White Sox had hired anybody but Tony LaRusso, people would have been willing to, like, to go along with it. Uh, even mm-hmm. if they had hired that, who is that uh, Twins um, hitting coach that people, uh, you know, people often praise? That uh, not Phil Nevin, right? No, no, no. Uh, but but I think his name has come up in managerial, uh, 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 you know, uh, interview searches and, and whatnot. But I, any yeah. anyway, I, I feel like if they would have hired anybody, be it AJ Hinch, Alex Cora, uh, or any of the coaches um, who were interviewed, Sandy Alomar Jr whose name is being bandied about now, although I think he's probably going to be the successor um, for Terry Francona when Terry Francona finally steps down from the Indians. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, all the White Sox had to do was not hire Tony La Russa, and you know, yeah. people would have been willing to go along with this hire. But no, they did, they did the, exact, the, the exact stupidest thing possible, which is great for our podcast. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, great. it's great news for us. I mean, uh, going to definitely be a lot to talk about. I, you know, I think I even, I think I said it to you, Jack, it's like as good as this is for the podcast, it is, it's horrible for like, like for baseball and for like the youth movement and, and fun baseball. Um, and like, it's really tough. It's really tough. Like to, uh, to make that like, you know, to, to kind of like put that aside for the benefit of the podcast. But at the end of the day, uh, let's bring, Hey, bring it on, bring on all the, like the, the, the train wreck that's going to be this Larusa thing. Um, but, uh, what a bummer, man. I mean, I hope, I hope Tim Anderson fucking punches Tony Larusa by, by June next year. Oh yeah. Well, Jeremy, the thing is, um, now that they hired Tony Larusa, every single one of his managerial decisions now is going to be like heavily scrutinized by the White Sox fan base. He's not going to have a lot of margin for error. Because people are just going to be out for blood. Uh, yeah. I, I really don't. I really don't see him lasting more than a year or two in the job. I mean, he is seventy six, and you're talking about a hundred and sixty two game season plus spring training plus playoffs. So you know that's a long grind. Plus, uh, every single one of his moves now is going to be scrutinized because people don't want him in the job. I think it's just going to be uh, too much pressure and too much BS for him, and I think he's just going to walk away after a year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I mean, yeah. Not to mention the fact that there's a freaking pandemic going on and he's an old guy and he's going to be traveling <laughs> on planes. I mean, I just it's it doesn't make sense. I don't understand, like, why these people uh, uh, want when they can just fucking ride off into the sunset and like live a comfortable life. They say they're like they still like LaRusso's like, I missed it. I missed being in the dugout. It's like. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That doesn't mean you should that mean doesn't like it's okay to miss things. Like you can just miss it. Just <laughs> fucking miss it. Just watch games and be like, "Oh man, if I was a manager, I would have done this." And then go go on some fucking radio show, talk about how uh, you know, uh Colin Kaepernick is is a fake uh, you know, 
activist and then and then say I would have made this different pitching change than this and then just go back home and enjoy your million dollar house like why 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 do you have to put yourself through this and the fans and poor Tim Anderson and Luis Robert but I digress I guess I don't know I, I will say um, you know they, they said that some of the players had gone to uh, management and said that they didn't like Ricky. Um, uh-huh. uh, and I, you know, it's, it's heavily suspected that like one of those people was Dallas Keuchel. Uh, like they said that like, you know, Renteria wasn't holding the players accountable, etc. Um, this is what the players said to management. And it's, it's rumored that that person was Dallas Keuchel. Uh, and it, it, that would make sense too, since like the day after Renteria was fired, Keuchel tweeted out like great things to come or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so you know, I imagine that he's probably not too happy that Tony LaRusse is being uh, was hired over AJ Hinch. He probably thought Hinch was going to be hired. Uh, so Dallas Keuchel at least can suck it. So that's that's a nice thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's funny. I don't know. They actually asked him about Dave Duncan in the press conference too. They're like, "Is he going to be the pitching coach?" And they yeah. did. And I think LaRusse said that he reached out to Dave Duncan, but Dave yeah. Duncan. Dave, who I I guess maybe has a little bit more sanity than Larusa, uh, just said that he didn't want to do it. So I feel like if Dave yeah. Duncan had wanted to be the pitching coach, he would have been the pitching coach. So you'd have a 76 year old manager and a 75 year old pitching coach. That that would have been too much. <laughs> that would have been too good for the podcast. Jesus, man, uh, I don't even know what to talk about. Like the like the logistics of it. It's just uh, it's just crazy. Um, <laughs> um, uh, sticking with Chicago baseball. Uh, there was a story last week, um, or just in the past few days, about uh, how John Lester, uh, whose contract is now up with the Chicago Cubs, his six-year deal is finished, he wanted to buy uh, Chicagoans uh, a first round of beer at uh, like four different bars around town. Um, and I just want to say, Jeremy, that this is a horrible time to be doing something like that. <laughs> you mean encouraging people to congregate during a pandemic in a in yes. bar, get drunk and Jesus. lose their judgment? Like, <laughs> uh, when cases are skyrocketing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the hell he was thinking. And I guess, though, that people did go out because they said it ended up being like a forty seven thousand dollar bar tab for John Lester. Yeah. But yeah. like. That's just that's just baffling um, because like you know <laughs> the Cubs were uh, hey uh, the Cubs were the one team this year I think that didn't have one positive positive COVID test and uh-huh. I guarantee you that was no thanks to John Lester. <laughs> yeah right he he was probably like every every like you know weekend night game he was like come on guys let's go let's go get some beers <laughs> like no John we can't it's dangerous yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, so John Lester now, he's, he's hitting the free agent market, but, uh, yeah, just kind of a, just kind of a dumb, uh, and like unaware thing of, of him to do, uh, in this climate. I mean, hey, I appreciate that he's, uh, trying to like help out these smaller businesses, which are obviously, uh, really struggling now that they have to, you know, close down again. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I just did, that was not a very smart move. Yeah. Uh, from a guy like Lester, but that also doesn't surprise me. Jeremy, he's not actually from the South, is he? No, no, he's from like uh, Washington, like yeah, like, okay, yeah, Washington State. Washington um, State, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it, he, I think we've made this comment on the podcast before, but like, he definitely seems like he's a wannabe Southerner, um, and yeah. you know, this, I, I feel like that move 
like that he did with the bar thing just kind of cemented that. Yeah, I mean it's it's I it's like a nice gesture, but there, it seems like given the current situation of the world, there might have been a better thing that he could have done. Maybe like you know, there's like this website like Grizzly dot com or something where you can like get like deliver you can get like liquor delivered to your house. It's like buy everyone like just just you know set up like some account and people can like get like a a six pack delivered to their house or something. Right. Yeah, that something. would be a. I, yeah, I, hey, I might, I might have done that, and you know, I've said, I've said terrible things about John Lester on this podcast. <laughs> well, sure, that, know, shouldn't, that, I, that shouldn't stop you from getting a free. <laughs> no, no, hey, I should have gone out this weekend and made John Lester buy me a buy me a beer. Uh, that would have been that would have been real good. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. uh, so they announced. Uh, so MLB uh, announced yesterday. I think it was yesterday they announced the Gold Glove winners. Right on a day when uh, absolutely no one would be paying attention to sports. Yeah. Um, they announced the Gold Glove winners. Uh, so Anthony Rizzo took home another one, Jeremy. That's cool for him. Yeah, that was cool to see. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Javier Baez won, won his first Golden Glove, uh, which Gold Glove, which is weird because you know he's been lauded for his defense uh, all these years. But I think, but the thing that hurt him was that he was uh, you know moving around a lot in his position. And uh, you know, I still think he. I mean, who did he? Who I don't know who won second base like. Uh, uh, Colton Wong, or, or like yeah, like like previous years or whatever. But oh like the right, year that, right. The year that Baez played second base, it's like he probably should have won the Gold Glove that year. But I I don't know who they gave it to. But um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, Baez won. Um, there were some like weird names on that list though, Jack. Yeah, there were. Um, uh, yeah, I thought Isaiah uh, Keener Falifa was a weird one. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that guy was considered a good fielder. Uh, no, so that's... I know no idea and like he's he's like a natural catcher too he came up as a catcher i believe um but he, he did he, yeah he has a lot of uh different um positions but uh tyler o'neill like won and like that's a guy who i was like you know waiting for his like like i thought i i thought that he was going to be like a cub killer like with his bat um he hasn't really managed to to do much in like so far in his career but that was surprising um yeah, yeah, I thought I uh, Trent Grisham was kind of surprising. Um, I mean, especially I knew he, he had the way his, especially with the way his year ended last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where yeah, he he made an error, uh, which basically cost the Brewers the game. Um, yeah, so he won the Gold Glove uh, for the Padres. Uh, that would certainly be something if he ended up being a a stud player for uh, for the Padres. That that one I don't think would go down too well for David Stearns. Um, uh, Tucker Barnhart, uh, uh, he's won two gold gloves, but he won one. I didn't, I wasn't even really aware that Tucker Barnhart was playing this year for the Reds. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, so good for him. Um, Evan White for the, uh, for the Seattle Mariners, who we haven't talked about all year, but he was like, you know, a, a first round draft pick, um, that, uh, I had been like, kind of like watching for a couple of years and he finally like came up and he just, he did not, he did nothing with the bat. Like, I think he actually might've had like the lowest, batting average like amongst qualified uh players this year or something mm-hmm. like he did not do well um but the Mariners kind of rode him out just to get him experience and you know I, I think he'll probably be fine in the long run but he did not have a good year with the bat but he, he won the gold glove so that's interesting I, yeah um you know I didn't see one like minute I think of I didn't I don't think I saw one defensive play that Evan White made all uh, I don't think I saw one minute of a Mariners game this year yeah yeah could could be um, and, uh, uh, last but not least, Jeremy, uh, Luis Robert, 
won a gold glove, which is which is also pretty cool for him. I didn't see that coming, but he won it in his rookie year, uh, yeah, which, that's is, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, at least he'll get something this year uh, from an <laughs> award, as in awards go. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. They're always interesting, but um, – the the metrics this year were weird. I think they were talking about and like they they did they announce finalists for each position before they. I think they announced. The I think they announced three finalists for each position. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's that's a, another weird thing that MLB has started to do lately. They announced the finalists for uh, like the end of year awards too, and um, there's apparently there's a third guy <laughs> um, in the uh, American League uh, Rookie of the Year running, but I don't think he has a chance to win. <laughs> Um, yeah, and the the uh, the Brewers, Jeremy. I don't think they had uh, any um, any finalists in the uh, for the Gold Gloves. So not for uh, the Gold Gloves. Uh, although they do have no. uh, Devin Williams for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that could be a, that could be a thing. I was thinking Devin Williams too. Did they announce the candidates for Reliever of the Year? Um, no. I I don't know. I'm not really sure what the status of that award is. It's kind of like. Yeah, because it used to be Rolaids Relief Man. Then they yeah. just called it the Reliever of the Year, and yeah. uh, you know now it might not even be a real award. So who knows? Yeah, um, it's not. It's not one of those like you know main four, I guess, or whatever. Uh, rookie ML uh, MVP, Cy Young, and Manager of the Year. No, um, but there's it's also not, like no, Comeback it's not. Player of the Year and stuff. So yeah, I don't know where it falls in. Um. Well, uh, we. I guess speaking of both Josh Hader. And uh, no, I'm I'm sorry. I, we we did Josh Hader for an over under. Uh, speaking of a guy on the Brewers who Devin Williams kind of surpassed in terms of being good. Um, uh, but uh, we Luis Robert too uh, was a, a big part of our over unders that we did uh, before the season started in late July. So uh, we are going to revisit uh, those over unders uh, now um, and see kind of where we ended up and if we were right or wrong about them. Yeah, it's um, you know, this has kind of become a yearly rain delay theater tradition. Um, it's uh, just kind of a fun thing to kind of keep track of as the year goes on. And uh, you know, it was weird this year with the sixty-game season, but um, we have a whole list here, and so we figured now that the season is over, it's a good chance to uh, run those down. So, um, so yeah, we can um, we can kind of take a look at this list really quick. Um, I guess uh, the first thing on top of my list, Jack, is um, like kind of uh, like league-wide things mm-hmm. and so we had um for most wins by a pitcher seven and a half wins okay um, the uh league leader i think uh had eight so shane bieber had eight and uh you darvish had eight so um i had the under on seven and a half though so i i, I, I had the yeah i had the over and i actually had picked garrett cole uh to go uh, over that he ended up having seven wins but um yeah i had i had picked the over for that one Okay. Yeah. There it you go. Looks like seven point five was a good call, though, for uh, for just the baseline of that, because it, it ended up only being eight. Yeah. Yeah. That was very accurate. Um, as as we go through some of these other ones, I think we, Jack, we might be we might have a, a career in uh, handicapping in Vegas, because I think we, <laughs> we're pretty good on a lot of these uh, on on a, on a fair amount of these uh, over unders. But uh, so for team wins, we had thirty eight and a half over under. Okay. Um, the the Dodgers had forty three wins this year. Yep, yep. And I, I think so, the Rays also had forty, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They did um, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe I had the over on that one, Jeremy. 
Yeah, I had the under. I had the under. I was thinking maybe I was you know envisioning like a thirty. I think I I was I was saying thirty eight would be the sure the high water mark. So um uh so yeah I missed that one. Um but uh I don't know. I mean like you know I it would have been hard to say like you know maybe we could have bumped that number up to thirty nine and a half. But like I mean it would have been hard to to say confidently that you would have a 40 win team in a 60 game season yeah i mean a team winning two out of two out of their three games um is crazy or uh, two out of every three games uh, and i mean the dodgers finished christ 43 and 17 i mean that's that's amazing yeah um, it is. uh yeah but uh but i think you know 30 if it was 39.5 it would have forced you to either say what well, team is going to win 40 or it's not going to win 40 um yeah. i had sort of always suspected that somebody was going to win 40 um uh, yeah. And I guess I guess even the Dodgers even surpassed that. Um, but yeah, I think that was a, a good call uh, for that. Um, saves, yeah. Jeremy. I think we had what fifteen point five was the over under. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, and I had the I had the under for that one. Okay. Well, there you go. I got one point there because I had the over, and uh, the league leader in saves I think was Brad Hand with sixteen. Yeah, and he didn't even get a qualifying offer. I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, they actually like released him or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh which I guess shows you what the market is going to be like this year. Um uh yeah, so that was a that that was a kind of a gutsy call on your part to take the over there, Jeremy. I think I had uh, predicted that Josh Hader was going to save 15 and that was going to lead the league. Um okay. So, yeah, uh yeah, good call on that one, Jeremy. 16 for the over. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, no hitters. Uh, this was a fun one. Uh, so we had one and a half for over under on no hitters. Uh, yeah. What did you pick, Jack? I, I had the under on that one. Um, and I think okay. my basis for that was that this was going to be like a, a hitter's year. The hitters were going to be ahead of the pitchers. So I, I didn't think and that like nobody was going to have any complete games. So, yeah, I, uh, I I definitely had the under for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had the under as well, and we uh, we all know that there were two no hitters this year, uh, both out of Chicago. Both by Chicago year. pitchers. Yeah, Giolito and Alec Mills. So um, yeah. I that's you know even looking back on that one, it's surprising that there were two no hitters in a sixty game season. But uh, here it we is, um, uh, yeah, because because you figure another thing about a sixty game season is because there's so few games, there's less chance for something like that to happen. Um, yeah. It did I, the Alec the Alec Mills one, Jeremy. The Giolito one was like okay, I could see that, but the Alec Mills one that was just a that was just a fluke against a team in the Brewers that just could not hit at all. But hey, it, it was a it was a no hitter. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah that 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 one it's going to be that's probably as much as I like Alec Mills, um, <clears throat> it's probably going to be one of those like you know did you like did you know that this guy threw a no hitter? Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, so uh, home runs. This is this is one I was sweating out all year, Jack. Uh, we set the yeah. over under at twenty two and a half. I picked the over. Um, I had the under. I had the under for that one. Okay. Well, um, we were. This is one where we were pretty spot on with the uh, with the pick. Although the whole year I was like, why did I? Why did? Why did we set this at twenty two and a half? Like that was way too high. Uh, Luke Voigt ended up hitting twenty two homers this year, and I, I was watching him like for those last couple of games. I'm like, come on, man, just get get me to twenty three, <laughs> baby. Get me to twenty three. Um, but uh, was not the case, um, so we fell slightly. Um, uh, you know, we, we we didn't hit the uh, the over on that, but uh, the number was was right there. It was, it was. Um, batting average. Um, uh, so the over under uh, would a guy uh, hit more than three three ninety point five three ninety and a half. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, would would somebody hit three ninety one or not? 
Uh, I, I had the under for that, Jeremy. I think I think I said the the league leader would be about three forty or so. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I had the over. I got caught up in the uh, Joey Votto hitting four hundred mania. <laughs> um. You know, for a while there, like, remember, like Charlie Blackman was hitting five hundred. You know, yeah, at I do. Some point? I do. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, yeah, surely he can hit over three ninety, but um. Uh, no, uh, I think DJ LeMahieu was uh, the league leader with 364 batting average. That's still pretty damn good. Yeah, I know, pretty pretty good. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that number ended up uh, being a little little wacko. But uh, but uh, but yeah, it uh, it is what it is there. Um, so okay, so this one COVID a COVID situation two and a two and a two and a half. Um, now let's. Let's kind of do the timeline on this one, Jack, because when we set this, there weren't like um, like the Cardinals and the Marlins didn't have their COVID situations, did they? No. So, I mean, we did this all before the season started. So yeah. um, our number was 2.5, uh, and um, uh, I, I took the under. I know I did. Um, but, yeah, the, the Marlins had one. And the Cardinals had one. I think we defined a COVID situation as a team having to shut down for an extended period of time. Is it, um, okay, did we do that? Yeah, we specifically, because I, I think I, I asked the question in the podcast. Hmm. I said, is that just one player being out, a team's best player, or like, is it the whole team shutting down? And I think we said the whole team shutting down. And so uh, as far as I know, um, or as far as off the top of my head, the, the Cardinals and Marlins come to mind as the two teams that that actually happened to for yeah. like an extended period. So we were pretty yeah. close on that. What I think, what did you take, Jay? You had the under as well. I had the under, yep. yeah. Um, but uh, but just to, to discuss like what qualifies for that, okay, I'm, I'm glad that we set those rules because, I mean, I mean, you could kind of say that the, uh, that the Dodgers had a COVID situation yeah. there in the last was, game of the season. Well, you know, Jeremy, if, if uh, the Rays would have forced a game seven, I think that definitely would have qualified as a third covid situation because they would have had to probably suspend the series for at least a couple of days until all the players could get tested um, for sure so that's that, it... that another number that was right there <laughs> yeah totally um then you know that you would have had the th- whole thing where like um uh you know does it a does it count does a postseason counter was were we only talking regular season here right? <laughs> You right. know, and then it gets it gets ugly. Then you know you have to you have to hire uh, lawyers to sue uh, you know the committee and everything and say like, <laughs> no, they should stop. You got to stop counting. Stop counting the games when the postseason ends. We don't want to find a another COVID situation after the post as you know after the postseason starts. So yeah, you know it would get ugly there, and it would just be kind of pathetic. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. Um, so yeah, you know, and uh, I, yeah, because I, I'm thinking like the A's like canceled the game. I remember the Padres had to cancel the game, but uh, but no, nothing like extended. I think when you think about the COVID situations, clearly it was the Cardinals and the and the Marlins. So you that know, was a interesting one. And Jeremy, I'm just going to mention this. I know we talked about it quite a bit on the last podcast, but there's some new stuff that's come out um, about the Dodgers COVID situation with Justin Turner. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you, now you got guys, Trevor Bauer, uh, saying the bubble was porous, even though he was not in that bubble, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, questioning how he's like, well, how do yeah, how did he even get get COVID in the bubble? Like, man, I don't know. How does anybody get it? Like, he got it. That's, the, you know, so Justin Turner saying that. And then I think uh, Walker Bueller came out and said stuff like, 
uh, and uh, Blake Blake Trinan, as if anybody wants to hear from Blake Trinan, uh, Blake Trinan was like, "Oh yeah, like the you know Justin Turner, like he asked he asked the, the MLB guys if he could go out, and they just let him." Um, and so like you know they're all missing the point. Like the point is that like Justin Turner, uh, you know, he had some agency in his decision. You know, like he tested positive. Yeah. And he chose to go out with his teammates and, like, expose them all to this virus. That was the point. The point isn't, like, you know, yep. uh, if somebody, <laughs> the MLB guys let him go or even, like, hey, this is, like, the pinnacle of the guy's, like, professional career. Like, uh, you know, like, he should just be able to be out there. Like, he made a decision to go out there when he knew he was COVID positive and, like, possibly infect people. That's the point. Like, it, the, the, right. point isn't, the point isn't anything else other than that. I mean, I suppose that Justin Turner could have been like, you know, sticking his head out the window to get like a breath of fresh air and like one little covid molecule, you know, flew up the to the 16th <laughs> floor and into his nose and he got covid. It's like, yeah, it's like that's not, you know, that's not the point. Um, uh, I honestly, Jack, you know, it's kind of funny, like just just to talk about the, the situation a little bit, like uh, I will say that. You know, ju- much like in in 2016, like the the um, the celebration of the Cubs winning the World Series was click- quickly you know cut down with the presidential election of 2016 uh, kind of taking over the news cycle. Um, I got to say this year, like yeah, the Justin Turner thing, I, as as like as up in arms as I was about it, um, I haven't th- thought about it too much <laughs> in the last couple of days. <laughs> um, so I think he's going to end up like beating the uh, the rap on that one a little bit just because. The, uh, the eyes of the country have gone to something else uh, than Justin Turner's, than like a red bearded idiot, like coughing COVID on everybody, as I probably <laughs> said last year. Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, so yeah, I guess uh, congratulations, Justin Turner. You, 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 you beat the rap on this one, and I'm sure you'll get a very nice contract. And like whatever general manager who signs you next year will be like, what happened? I don't remember. Yeah. He didn't. He, no, you know. So we'll see. It'll be it'll be John Mazeliak from the from yeah. the Cardinals. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> our, next, right, so, uh, our next our was Luis Robert, right? Yeah. Well, let's do. Um, should we do? Oh, yeah, right. Because these were the fun ones that we did at the end. So uh, we'll we'll do those. We'll do it the same way. So yeah. Okay. So Luis Robert. Yeah. You know, uh, we like to talk about our rookies here um, and rookie projections. We did it with uh, Jordan Alvarez and uh, Vlad Guerrero in 2019. Uh, this year we did Luis Robert. And, um, yeah, we basically, uh, yeah, we had, we picked like kind of projected batting average homers and RBIs. Jack, I had 265, uh, average 17 homers and 44 RBIs. Yeah. I had a 252 batting average, 12 home runs and 45 RBIs. Yeah. So, um, uh, well, so with the exception of RBIs, uh, Jack was the clear winner on that one. Luis Robert ended with two thir- at a two thirty three batting average, uh, eleven homers, and thirty one RBIs. Um, again, if we would have if we could have stopped counting the uh, the games at some point, Robert <laughs> was a little closer to two sixty five, like maybe at the beginning of uh, September or like yeah. the end of August. And so, like, yeah, um, you know, I, I would have been sitting a little better. Uh, in that situation, but, um, but yeah, he kind of, he just, he just had a bad September basically. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, uh, and I, I was surprised at how close I got on the home runs. Um, you know, he hit 11, I said he would hit 12, 
Well, and so, if you count if you count the postseason, Jack, he hit one in the postseason too. So he did. He, you know, if you count that, he got he got that twelve. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna stop stop counting it though. Um, oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, <laughs> uh, I think we were both way off on his RBIs though. Um, yeah. uh, he wasn't hitting in the middle of the order though. I think he was hitting in the top, and then he in the renderia. I think started hitting him seventh, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, I think he. I think he batted seventh on like opening day, and then like at some point they moved him up to second or something, but then they brought him back down again. So. Yeah, so that may have that may have affected his uh, his RBI totals a little bit, but um, but yeah, we I think we were both uh, we both thought that he would hit under two seventy, and uh, hey, what do you know? He did. Um, well, hey Jack, I'm looking at his uh, game log from this year. On uh, as late as September 9th, he was hitting two sixty five. Oh wow! Um, on on August thirty first, he had a two ninety eight batting average. Good um, lord, and he he finished yeah. with a two thirty three average, so that that's uh, that's certainly quite a slump that he went on. Yeah, and he got three games, he got three hits on the last game of the of the year um, to bring his average up 10, 10 uh, points. Oh wow! So, so he was hitting two twenty three going into the last game. He was, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's some that's some Ted Williams shit right there, uh, <laughs> yeah, except on exactly. a far far less remarkable level. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, so I think, I think the next one we did, Jeremy, was uh, uh, Tatis versus Pete Alonso. Fernando Tatis versus Pete Alonso. Who would have the better year? Um, yeah, and this one was a little bit kind of open to interpretation a little bit. but uh, Yeah, as far as what is even a better year. But I think yeah. we both agreed that uh, Fernando Tatis contributes in uh, more ways than, uh, than Pete Alonso does, just as far as what he does on the base pads and his ability to steal bases. Uh, Pete Alonso, so we both, we both agreed, Jeremy, I think, that Tatis was going to have the better year. Um, mm-hmm. But Pete Alonso actually did end up with 16 home runs. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah, like it didn't seem like he, it seemed like <clears throat> he was maybe struggling or he wasn't like kind of living up to his rookie year. But, um, but yeah, when you look at the like final home run total numbers, I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, I'll say this, Jack. When researching these numbers, it's very annoying. MLB.com's like stats pages default to like the postseason numbers, and it's like I, I don't want to see their postseason numbers. Like, <laughs> give me the regular season numbers. Yeah, Alonzo um, finished tied for seventh with homers. You know, behind Trout, Tatis, uh, Jose Ramirez, Ozuna, Abreu, and Voit. So I mean, he was still up there. I mean, he hit two thirty one, which isn't great, but um, but uh, but yeah, he was still up there. Yes, he was. Um, uh, and I think we also had uh, Acuna versus the field as far as stolen bases. <laughs> we um, did. We did. Yeah. A bit of a landslide on this one. Um, uh, Acuna had eight stolen bases, and uh, Edelberto, don't call me Raul, Mondesi <laughs> hit tw- uh, had 24 stolen bases. So eight to 24. Uh, you got to take the field all day on that one, except yeah. uh, if you're me, I took Acuna. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I took the field on that one and ended up ended up being right. But Jeremy, I, I did say in the in that podcast that Trey Turner would lead the league in stolen bases. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and he he did have uh, he did have twelve steals this year, but he uh, he did not lead the league. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up right here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was tied for fourth. Uh, tied with Roman Quinn from the from the uh, Phillies, amongst some other players, but uh, that's quite interesting. Dylan Moore with twelve stolen bases. Interesting. Oh wow, Jesus! Yeah. Um. So uh. So yeah. So that uh. Those those were some kind of uh kind of out there ones. They uh, were the next one. 
yeah, the next one I have on my list is um, <clears throat> Vlad Jr. versus Jordan. Uh, higher batting average. Yeah, um, I, I think we both we both had Vlad Jr. Jeremy. Although I think okay. at this the, at this point in the year we did not know where Vlad would be playing his games. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we didn't know yet. Um, well, another thing we didn't know was that uh, Jordan Alvarez would have eight total at bats this <laughs> season. So. Um, you know, damn, the guy could have went uh, like maybe like what like three for three for eight or something, and and won the won that that competition. I guess um, we we set no qualifiers. He could have hit had one at bat, got a hit, and then tore his ACL, and he still would have beat Vlad. I guess this is um, true. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, Vlad ended up with a two sixty two uh, batting average. Uh, Jordan hit uh, two fifty and eight at bats. Um, so I'd say probably a disappointing year for Jordan Alvarez. Um, and, uh, yeah, Vlad edged him out. Jack, uh, we were, uh, I was, uh, remarking on a story from, uh, on MLB.com that Vlad has lost, what, 20, how much? 32, 32 pounds. Yeah. Pounds since the beginning of, uh, the season. So it'll, uh, be interesting to see if, uh, yeah, if he has, if it has the, the Pablo Sandoval effect where, um, he's, he's, he's better being fat. Or uh, the like, Luke Voigt uh, uh, effect, where he uh, might go on to lead the le- lead the league in uh, homers and cause uh, Cardinals fans to curse Mosaic for trading him. Right, right. Well, uh, isn't Matt Adams a guy who lost a bunch of weight too? Yeah, yeah. Matt Adams lost a bunch of weight after leaving uh, the Cardinals as well, I believe. <laughs> Maybe some about being on the Cardinals. Maybe it's just be uh, you know being under Mike Matheny, like uh, like having him be your manager. It just you know. You have to you have to stress eat or something. Yeah. Well, do you think that uh, they like like hazed the guys in the locker room? It's like you better eat the, all this pasta, you know. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you're not leaving until that pasta bowl is clean, rookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bud Norris just getting a kick out of that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And now chug these. Now chug this six pack, you piece of scum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, cool franchise. Um. So. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Um, so for the last one, Jack, this was a, this was an interesting one that I, I was thinking about during the year as well. Um, who will have the better year, Christian Yelich or Cody Bellinger? Um, yeah, now, I had wanna, said. If you want to, oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I had said Yelich. Okay, and I had said Bellinger. Um, Jack, if you if you don't if if you don't even want to bother looking at the numbers, um, you know Cody Bellinger got a ring and Christian Yelich didn't, so. By default, does that make him have a better year because he he won the World Series? What's uh, well, Jeremy? I think that um, just anyways, uh, Bellinger would yeah. have won. Uh, they both had the same amount of home runs. I think they both had twelve home runs. Yelich mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. only hit two hundred five. Bellinger hit two thirty nine. Bellinger yep. got a ring. He made some outstanding plays uh, on defense in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, there's no question that Bellinger had the better year. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if Christian Yelich got to hang out with Aaron Rodgers this year with, with social distancing. So, <laughs> you know, uh, that maybe would have given him some, uh, some mojo there, but, uh, I yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure there. Aaron Rodgers was, uh, you know, very disappointed about that. Aaron Rodgers is such a big fan of all Wisconsin sports. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I know that he was very disappointed about that, probably. I mean, it, you know, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers complained that he would have to stay in Green Bay during the bye week, um, he's a huge, he's a huge <laughs> fan of, he's a huge fan of Wisconsin, like all Wisconsin sports, University of Wisconsin, 
Marquette. He's a big Bucks fan. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was disappointed about not being able to hang out with Yelich. But, hey, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe next year, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, let's see. So, for uh, to kind of go over to the pitching side, we had uh, Garrett Cole. Um, we we kind of try to pick his numbers being his first year uh, under a new contract with the Yankees. Um, <clears throat> I uh, picked seven wins, uh, 3.40 ERA, and um, I don't know if I picked 108 or 110 Ks. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that either, Jeremy. Um, yeah. For me, uh, yeah, for me, I, I had nine wins, 3.06 ERA, and 125 Ks. Which is too yeah, many. for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you were closer on. Uh, so he finished with seven wins, two eighty-four ERA, and ninety-four Ks. So, um, you know, maybe kind of a, a wash there to an extent. Uh, I nailed the wins. Yes, um, you did. I was closer on Ks, but um, but you know, and then ERA, you were you were closer there. Um, so uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess he had a good year, but. Uh, doesn't matter because the Yankees didn't do <laughs> anything. So, um, so yeah, they were bounced by the Rays. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so moving on to John Lester, who we talked about, we um, try to pick his ERA. Um, Jack, what did you have? What did you pick for his ERA? Uh, I think I, I just said that his ERA would be over five. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, he came in at a five sixteen ERA. Um, he did. I had picked. I had picked four four zero. Um, and th- that was another one where, like, he started off good, actually, but um, he just kind of kept blowing up towards the end there. And uh, as the Cubs kind of, like, you know, they started off on a hot streak, Lester was also doing well, and as the Cubs came back down to earth, so did Lester. And, yeah, he ended with a 5.16 ERA. Not great. Um, no. Not surprising either, though. You know, geez, Jeremy, though, I will say that, like, he uh, his career ERA is 3.60, which is pretty good. Considering how long he's pitched and how many innings he's pitched, he's pitched almost twenty six hundred innings. Um, yeah. he's got one hundred ninety three wins for his career. But man, I I think the guy should just stop now because um, uh, he he's yeah. clearly he's clearly starting to lose it. So he should just he should just go out. You know, there's he's made enough money. There's no reason for him to pitch anymore. He could probably find a coaching job somewhere if he wanted it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I, I yeah, he can he can kind of just ride off into the sunset. They, I know they were. They were talking about like there was mutual interest to bring him back to the Cubs and like a probably like a one year, like, you know, well, Jesus, if they brought back John Lester, they probably still have to pay him like, I don't know, like seven to ten million dollars a year or something. I don't even know. Right. Um, something, you know, just to not insult him. I mean, he probably should sign. Like I would say, like if he got five million dollars a year, that would be uh, generous. But. um Anything like lower than that would be insulting, I think. So they, went, it would. they couldn't. They couldn't give him that low of money, even if they were trying to just bring him back on the cheap. But he should. He should retire. I don't. I can't. At this point, I can't see him. Um, you know, he probably still has a little bit left in the tank. Like in ter- like he, he got off to a good start, so he he put together like a good run or, or like a, a short run. So he might have like some short bursts in him. But like, I mean, he's he's been over five the last two years with ZRA, I believe. And so like, I don't. I don't foresee him improving much on that in a 162 game season so no uh but i tell you what though jeremy i wish somebody would pay me like seven dot seven million bucks just to not hurt my feelings you know that would be <laughs> yeah. pretty nice the brewers well, paid the brewers paid ryan brown like four million dollars to go away yeah um yeah. 
I wonder what will happen with Braun. I mean, who the hell wants that guy? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, they're saying that if they're not going to have the universal DH next year, he's probably not going to play. So he might just yeah. be done. But, uh, yeah, Crazy. I mean, the Brewers, like, they had him. There was a, a club option for, you know, tw- $20 million bucks or whatever for next year but, or, like, a $4 million buyout. And so the Brewers did the $4 million buyout. But, my God, man, can you imagine just, like, somebody just giving you $4 million bucks for doing nothing? Jesus Christ. I mean, I know for him that, you know, it doesn't matter. He's just already made so much money that it, you know, that it, uh, it's just, you know, he's not even going to care. But like, you know, in this economy, the guy just gets four million bucks in his bank account for nothing. That's insane. You got to love that mutual option, Jack. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, so the next one we had, Jeremy, is just, it, uh, oh, yeah, we had uh, uh, saves. We were doing the saves, closers, the team closers. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, we had Josh Hader. Um, yeah. And I, I put that Hader would have uh, 15 saves, and I believe I was wrong. Um, yeah, he had 13, and I had so I, I picked him for 12. So I guess yeah. um, if we're especially if we're playing prices right rules, uh, I, I, I guess <laughs> I get the advantage on that one. However, um, I, I you know I should any points I have um, in this uh, accumulated in this game should be eradicated based on my ne- my next pick. Which was uh, Craig Kimbrell saves. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know a... what you, I don't know what you were thinking there, Jeremy. <laughs> well, hey, I am a Cubs fan. Um, I was trying to be optimistic here, um, so I picked I picked fourteen saves. Good lord. Um, <laughs> he had two. He had yeah. two. Um, so yeah, I don't. Did you have a number, Jack, for Kimbrell? Uh, uh, yes, yes, I did, Jeremy. I picked that he would save seven games. Um, okay. So I guess I was close, but even that proved to be far yeah, too optimistic. Is... You know, that yeah. was that's over three times what he actually ended up saving, and yeah. I, I had I picked half of what you picked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Typical cub hubris, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> well, next year, Jack, we're I'm I, I'm holding us to it. We have to pick Rowan Wick saves, okay? And that's <laughs> you're gonna get your big. Numbers. Well, hey, the Cubs are still on the hook for 16 million for Kimbrel next year, so. Uh, you know, yeah, we can pick Rowan Wick saves, but we'll have to pick Craig Kimbrell something. Yeah, sure. That's fair. Um, we'll go uh, uh, beard length in inches. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the uh, shaved beard did not help him this year. Um, so uh, that leaves us with our last kind of four kind of, you know, personal ones, I guess, I think, if, I, if my numbers are correct. Um, so uh, we had um, games, MLB games in person. Um and uh, we had zero point five, and uh, I took the under. I think you did. You take? Did you take the? Under yeah, there? I took the under. We kind of went to a game, but I'm, I'm not going to call that a game. When we went, you know, when we stood outside at Wrigley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, I don't think I don't think that one counts uh, as much as. Uh, no, it doesn't. You know. Unfortunately, not. Um, yeah, we had a and, Twitter uh, beefs. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Jack, if we would have if we would have drove ourselves down to uh, Dallas, you know, we could have we and and shelled out, you know, like whatever, like five like or like two grand or something you know whatever we could have we could have taken we could have broke that you know if there was some real money at stake we would have had to like you know hedge the bets and like you know is it are we going to spend more money to drive down there or um you know do we want to win the money so uh anyway we yeah we we had a chance there but uh didn't didn't come to fruition we, we did yeah we could have sat next to fergie <clears throat> jenkins yeah, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. We talked about that in. No, person. no. Fer- Fergie Jenkins was at the World Series, and Jeremy, if we were, if you and I were sitting next to Fergie Jenkins, uh, I mean, two of us would have been wearing masks at least out of the three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, two of us would have been 
we wouldn't have been the the worst looking person in that group of people. <laughs> like that weird like fucking uh, 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 like uh, what's that? What's shit? What's that fucking music called? The uh, Skrillex guy. Uh, dubstep there was like some weird dubstep <laughs> guy <laughs> Fergie Jenkins what a weird picture man like I, this is so sad because it's like how do we go back was it during like the like stand up to cancer moment yeah they showed that uh, yeah. yeah yes I believe it was during the stand up to cancer moment um, uh, 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 during during oh. the world series what game was that Jeremy was that game um, three I was gonna say I think it was game three it was a Friday it was the Friday night so Tuesday Wednesday off Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday night game, I believe, during the stand-up to cancer. Go back and look for that, folks, because they showed the crowd shot, and in like amongst the the plebes, um, the plebeians, uh, Fergie Jenkins was there with like some like woman uh, who I wouldn't have necessarily tied them together, and then two like weird like hipster guys, one of which looked like some bootleg dubstep guy. I was very odd. Yeah, and I, I don't think a couple times. I don't think any of them were wearing masks, but Fergie Jenkins definitely was not. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was just a strange. It was a strange scene. I think Fergie Jenkins finished his career on the Rangers, uh, so I guess maybe it would make sense that he still lives there. Um, uh, but anyway, it was it was very strange, and it was definitely worth a laugh. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, Twitter beefs, Jeremy. I think one and a half was yeah. our number. Um, I think I had, I may have taken the, uh, the, the over on that one, Jeremy. Yeah. I have the I over on that too. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, do we didn't really get into one, right? Am no, I, I mean, we were, po- we posted enough, but we didn't really get into any Twitter beefs. Uh, mm-hmm. cause we, we had talked about the Stroman thing, but I think that happened before, um, the, the yeah. actual, uh, you know, we made these bets. Yeah. That was during the, uh, the MLB draft. So it was unfortunately none, none there. Um, all right. We had Jeremy baseball card episode references at two and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, Jeremy, since that, uh, this stuff has happened, I mean, I think I I took the over just to kind of troll you. And, uh, I, I think, um, you know, since that episode, we haven't talked about it too much. So you had the under for this one. So it looks like you win this bet. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, maybe, you know, call it cheating because I, I had control over uh, this. But um, I, I do I think I, I mentioned one like in the exact episode following this this episode. Like, I think I might have mentioned like something about baseball card episode like in. So this was episode number 82 was the over under. So in 83, I think I mentioned one with um, with full awareness. Uh, but uh, I don't think I did after that so so yeah came in the under on that one um Um, and the last but not least jeremy uh so 0.5 was our number it's jack complimenting javier baez or wilson Contreras, giving them an actual compliment and i you had the under and i don't think i gave either one of them a compliment did i i don't think so no not that not that i recall no no, I, I, I definitely maybe ragged on Wilson Contreras when he, like, threw his bat and then, like, got, got hit by the White Sox guy um, mm-hmm. in that one game. But, yeah, I don't think I actually gave them a compliment. You know, Jeremy, it's too bad, too, because when, when, uh, when Joe Morgan passed away, I was going to say, you know, now that Javi Baez has officially moved to shortstop from second base, Joe Morgan can now be considered the greatest second baseman of all time. But... Um, <laughs> 
but I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't say that when, uh, when it happened. So I, I, I missed an opportunity, <laughs> Jeremy. I, I could have I had that over if, um, you know, if, if only I would have said that. So there you go. Well, um, yeah, I mean, uh, facetious as that may have been, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, so there you go. Those are, those are, our, that's the recap of our over unders for the year. Um, you know, fun stuff. I look forward to, uh, doing it again next year and, um, getting back to, uh, hopefully a 162 game, uh, sample size. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I wonder. I, I think they're going to play 162, Jeremy, but I'm, I still don't know if they're going to have fans. So we'll see. I know. I know. I, man, I cannot go two years without. We're going to have to go. You know, we had the opportunity, like um, the the Chicago Dogs here in Chicago, who are in Rosemont, really, um, who uh, we went to a game last year. They had fans. They allowed fans at games, and like we could we could have done it. Uh, Jack, um, and uh, I think if, if if we're going into next year with no uh, with no fans at MLB games, um, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go to a Chicago Dogs game, man. Yes, I, I agree, and uh, I would certainly be down for that. Maybe we'll see Chesney Young play again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as long as he's uh, negative, um, he's on the team. So, um, so. Yeah, Jack, uh, you know, um, want to do a quick hit on uh, free agents here? Yes. Uh, uh, yes, I do. Um, so uh, it seems like the, the top free agent this year, one of the top free agents, we'll just kind of go through a few of them here. Uh, Trevor Bauer, Jeremy, I feel like he's going to make the most headlines as far as where he's going to sign. Um, yeah. uh, so that'll be interesting uh, to see if anybody gives him a, a mega deal or if he'll, he'll stick with his usual one-year one year contract. Yeah, I'm just wondering like where he lands. He seems like the kind of guy who like would almost reject the Yankees or something. Like it's like I I think in the back of his mind like he doesn't want to sign with the Yankees. I think it feel like like he he'd want to be on like a team that like could kind of like play spoiler if you know like yeah. just to fit with his kind of personality. Well, Steve Steve Stone was like talking about what an innovator. Uh, innovative pitcher Trevor Bauer is on on his Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and it's like Steve Stone, stop trying to court Trevor Bauer onto the White Sox. <laughs> it's not yeah. gonna happen. Although it might it might happen. Who knows? It might happen. Like if Trevor Bauer was playing under Tony Larusa, now that oh would be that would be interesting. Oof. Well, um, yeah. I mean, uh, I can only imagine the things Trevor Bauer would uh, would say on social media for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so we'll see. I'll say this: I don't think Marcus Stroman, who's another free agent, it sounds like Marcus Stroman is not coming to the uh, to the White Sox. Based yeah, on his tweets. Frosty his, the Stroman the he liked. Um, oh, did yeah. did he? Does it seem like he's not going to go to the go to the White Sox? Well, before um, so before he um, signed or before Tony Tony Larusa was announced um, for the uh, White Sox. Uh, Marcus Stroman like liked a tweet saying like, if the White Sox sign Tony Larusa, it's going to hurt free agency, uh, for like free agent signings for the like the attractiveness of signing with the White Sox and and sure. Stroman liked that tweet. Um, oh wow! Now of course Stroman also liked my tweet where I was ripping him, so he he <laughs> seems to be subtweeting you know into to an extent. So maybe um I don't know maybe he was like saying like yeah right 
nothing can stop me from signing for, with the White Sox. I love them. I want to be part of the movement. I don't care if Tony Lewis is there to kill fun baseball. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think he was doing that maybe more straightforward. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, Larusa may have botched the chances uh, for the Sox to sign Stroman, but uh, we shall see. I agree. Um, yeah. Um, JT Real Muto is uh is up there in terms of free agent rankings um you know even though we 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 ragged on him for for picking for being on the wrong side of that marlins trade you know right and for having a weird last name yeah it's the name that we still can't uh trace back uh you know uh regionally (laughs) (laughs) um uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like his star has kind of faded a little bit in recent years, like since going to the Phillies, but um, I, I'm sure he's still going to, like, kind of be highly courted as just as a, uh, a a good catcher who's kind of pretty good defensively and with the bat. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I, it would not be surprising to see him get a three- or four-year deal similar to what Yasmani Grandal got. Um, I think JT Ariel Muto did get a qualifying offer from the uh, – from the Phillies, so okay. uh, it'll be interesting to see if he accepts that. Uh, I probably wouldn't if I was him. He could probably get, he'd probably do a little better than that. Um, yeah. uh, George Springer, Jeremy, is uh, mm-hmm. is another guy who's hitting the open market. He seems like he's the top position player um, uh, in free agency this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know about him. Sometimes it seems like he has trouble uh, staying on the field. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. He did. He had like good numbers this year, and like you know, I guess post. Uh, buzzer gate uh you know um you uh would have or uh you know whatever garbage can gate what, what was the official name of uh oh the, man did they did they i don't know if they gave it a gate classification did they yeah no i guess not um i was just wondering if i was missing it if i was just forgetting an obvious one that people were saying but anyway um post all of that controversy like you were looking to see what his numbers were, were going to be this year and he actually had some pretty good numbers uh, but yeah, he does. Yeah, he he. I, you know, I haven't re- reveal or I haven't uh, checked to see what. Um, uh, uh, I don't even know. I, I haven't checked his numbers too closely, but uh, but yeah, he 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 had pretty good numbers, and so um, uh, it'll be interesting to see where he signs. Um, yeah, it's you know, I I he's a guy who would fit on the Cubs, but he's not coming to the Cubs. Cubs no. uh, are not gonna. The Cubs don't have any money. Yeah, um, they they they've been crying poor for years now. Yes. Um. So uh. Yeah. I don't know. Like uh. You know, the White Sox could be a fit there. They could. They could. Uh. Yeah. The uh, uh. White Sox do need a guy to play right field, so that could be George Springer. It could also be Jeremy Marcelo Zuna. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, who had a a fantastic year this year for Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if those numbers are sustainable uh, wherever he goes next. But, uh, yeah, Atlanta gave him a one-year, 18-million deal. It worked out really well. And uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see where he goes because I've always kind of liked Marcelo Zuna. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only guy who advocates for him. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, when when he's healthy, he's a pretty damn good hitter. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Marcel Zuna, but I don't. I also don't dislike him. I just, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Don't don't really know how to feel about him. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's always been on situations where I can't like really root for him. Like I, you know, I think he I think he had pretty good numbers with the Cardinals if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, or maybe he had a down. I don't even remember. But I you know, obviously was not cheering for him then, and not really a big Braves fan. And uh, 
I wasn't paying attention when he was on the Marlins. So there you go. <laughs> that's my that's my summation um, of Marcelo Zuna's career. <laughs> Marcus uh, Marcus Semien or uh, Marcus Seaman, as the uh, uh, as some clowns in the uh, white at the White Sox game with us a few years ago were calling him. Uh, also hits free agency. Right. Uh, he had a really good uh, 2019 season, Jeremy. Um, I think he was like runner up for MVP that year. He had a, he had a really fine year, but um, he, he didn't yeah, do so. He, he didn't do so well this year. Um, I didn't even look at his numbers, but uh, that is intriguing. Um, yeah, he was the uh, Christian Javier uh, to uh, to rookie of the year. Uh, like as Christian Javier is to rookie of the year finalist this year, uh, Marcus Simeon was. Uh, MVP finalist uh, forever, whatever year that was. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is he had no shot, but he was somehow they needed a third guy, so they're like, uh, Marcus Simeon. Like, oh wow, okay, sure, could have been anybody. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting that he's a free agent. Um, it's too bad. That's one of those ones where like that's another like White Sox trade there, uh, and um, you know, I think that was a weird trade because um, I think like last year him and uh, they also traded. Uh, Frankie Montas, and he was having like a good year last year too, until he got popped for steroids. I think. Yes, he um, was. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's up with with Semyon going forward. Um, yeah, I guess it was last, like it was 2019 that he had the good year, but uh, but yeah, 223 this year, not not so hot. So no. Um, DJ LeMahieu, uh, the, the aforementioned DJ LeMahieu batting type, batting champion, is also hitting the market. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's a good hitter. I think he's the only guy to win a batting title in both leagues. Uh, that might not be true. I don't know, but I know he's he's done it oh, uh, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know they were talking about that, but I can't remember if that if he was the only one or not, or the first one in a long time. What, what's weird is that like both of those are kind of tainted. Like his first one was with the Rockies, which uh, yeah. is just uh, naturally tainted because they play in Coors Field, and this one was like a sixty-game season. So yeah. you know, you you figure I, I don't know what other anomaly could possibly happen for him to win another one. But if if there's a a, a, a strange like extenuating circumstance, DJ Lemayhew is probably going to win the batting title that year. A <laughs> third time, yeah. Yeah, um yeah, that's uh that's interesting. I guess um I guess if you add in those factors then uh Theo Epstein can can rest a little easier at night for having traded him away at the beginning <laughs> of his his tenure as GM. Um but uh yeah, that'll uh, be interesting to see where he goes. Um I feel like I want to like DJ LeMayhew, but I've never been in a situation to like him and uh so maybe maybe if he goes to like a team that I like uh I could root for the guy. Well, Jeremy, here's a guy you're going to love. Colton Wong is also hitting the free agent market. <laughs> there you go, another Cardinal. You know, if, he, if he ever played on the Cardinals or had any association with the Cardinals, you know Jeremy's not going to like him. But no. uh, I would take Colton Wong on the Brewers to play uh, second base. They can figure out where they want to move here or DH here. But Wong is a really good fielder. Um, you know, he's, he's a pretty solid player. I would definitely... Uh, I would definitely be down with him. the Brewers trying to pursue a guy like him. Yeah, I guess, you know, he's a guy who, like, seems to have maybe, like, you know, fallen out of favor, falling out of a starting job, but then come back, and who the hell knows. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, he'll, he'll be on a team for next year, and um, he'll probably piss some fans off, and <laughs> other fans will just live with him, I guess. Um. Let's see, going through this list a little bit more, Jeremy, Masahiro Tanaka 
is going to be a free agent, so that'll yeah. be an interesting one. Uh, he seems like a guy who never really uh, lived up to uh, the hype that that he no. that he had coming over. No, and he's also been a guy who's pitched for like three years with a torn UCL, I think. Right, he never got that yep. surgery, um, and it's just it's just weird. Um, but uh, yeah, I know I know the Cubs went after him pretty big, um, but uh, it'll be interesting what happens with him. Um, if he re-signs with the Yankees, uh, who knows? But, um, but yeah, uh, not um, I. You know, I guess he's a, a good, maybe third or fourth starter. I know that that's not really what they signed him to be. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what 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 happens with him. Yeah, I mean, when the, when they signed him, he had gone like twenty four and zero or something in the, in the Japanese league. Um, yeah. So you know, they thought he was going to be a real a real stud. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't been that, but uh, he's been kind of a just a league average pitcher, maybe a little bit above average. So, yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see where he goes. Um, but I could see him staying with the Yankees. He just, he feels like a guy who is always going to be on the Yankees. Like he seems like a Yankee, as we sometimes say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting, or it won't be, and who cares? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I don't know. Didi Gregorius uh, is is up. Um, I really just I, there's something about being a Yankee that just I I, I just don't care <laughs> what happens to you, like I don't know like D.D. Gregorius like uh, I mean what has he done lately like did he have a good year last year I don't even know like no nah, I mean he was he was uh, injured for some of the year yeah and I so know he, that, yeah like, was oh yeah uh, what year was it that he had like a good year was it like. 2018, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I remember that was like, I, I, I remember Alex Rodriguez calling him like a beast or something like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he is he is a bigger a bigger guy for a shortstop than you might think. But um, uh, yeah, he, he's a guy who feels like he hasn't done anything in a couple of years. Um, but he's got a good glove, and he's uh, you know, it, he hit a bunch of homers for the Yankees one year. That might have been because of that short left field porch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he'll, uh, he'll get, he'll get signed somewhere. I feel like that's, that's what you can say about, you know, a lot of these guys on the top of the top of this list. Um, yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, with, with a lot of these guys, I, I think like, would I like to have this guy on the Brewers and with, uh, with Gregorius, he would be a step up over, uh, over Escobar at short for them. So I would, I would take him if, if they had the opportunity. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, you know, a couple, <clears throat> a couple of bats here too. Michael Brantley, um, is up. Uh, so is Justin Turner. A couple of he is, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, lightning rod Justin Turner is definitely up. Yeah. Um, I feel like they'll wait to see if the league uh, teams will wait to see if the league is going to suspend Justin Turner before they uh, before they sign him. But uh, but maybe yeah. not. It's not like he's going to be suspended for a whole year. If anything, like. MLB might just want that whole thing to blow over and just won't suspend him and just hope that people forget about it. Uh, uh, yeah, Justin Turner, he seems like the kind of guy who, who if, they, if he gets like a two- or three-year deal, uh, you know, the tail end of that is going to be him DHing a lot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he can still hit, and he seems like a good leader in the clubhouse. I, I, you know, we've established <laughs> that I don't really like Justin Turner very much. But, yeah. uh, but hey, you know, he's, he's, he has some intangibles, and he can still hit. He's a good leader, but he might sometimes give you COVID. But still, <laughs> you know, it's a. Uh, but people are complex, Jack. So it's you know, it's uh, it's tricky that way. Uh, Michael Brantley is um, 
one of those guys where like you know it's, it's kind of crazy like just you know the age that some of these guys hit free agency it's like michael brantley's 34 years old already yeah, yeah, that you know, it's crazy that he's that he's that old that he's been around that long, you know. Um now all of a sudden yeah. he's like an old guy, an old guy playing in the league. Yeah. I uh, he's like a guy who like I yeah, he's not exciting to me at all, but like if the Cubs signed him like, you know, just to fill like a hole, like I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it probably. I'm sure he would be like a fairly like solid guy for the Cubs or a dependable guy, so that would totally be it. That would totally be a Cubs signing, Jeremy. Just like when they signed, yeah. uh, you know, John Jay or uh, Carlos Gonzalez. Just like you know, these like vagabond, <laughs> these vagabond outfielders who are like at the tail end of their career. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Maybe a, a reunion with the Brewers could be in order. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one the one that got away. Um, yeah. Exactly. Nelson Cruz, uh, at age 40, designated hitter, um, uh, is hitting free agency. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll sign somewhere, Jeremy, if he wants to play. The guy, you know, every year you just put that guy out there and he'll hit 35 homers. Uh, so, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who's just going to keep on playing until nobody signs him anymore. I can see him playing, I can see him playing another two or three years. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, as long as he can DH. Um, uh and he's gonna yeah just keep mashing why not just keep trotting him out there again he's like the perfect uh, example of like just the dh guy who's just a big ox who just goes up there with a bat hits a homer and then goes sits back down for three innings you know (laughs) yeah 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 the uh like like dan volgebach uh currently on the brewers um or even kyle schwarber uh although you know he's been playing a lot more left field than is probably uh necessary for the cubs um Speaking of a possible future Cub, Tommy Listella is hitting free agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I Jack, I, I you know, he could be a fit for the Brewers, but uh, I see a uh, Cubs reunion with with uh, Tom, a, a tearful and happy reunion with the Cubs <laughs> for Tommy Listella back where he wants to be. Yeah, Jeremy, if if he could sign for a dollar with the Cubs, uh, he probably would. Well, you know, um, people talk about people talk about the um, the uh, uh, Andre Dawson blank check. Um, you know, contract. Uh, I think that we're gonna have the blank check contract number two for time with Stella, and they likely could fill it in for fifty bucks. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, Jerickson Profar is another guy hitting. Jerickson Profar is a, a a weird a weird guy, Jeremy. Um, yeah, he was like one of the top prospects in baseball. He seemed to disappear forever. Uh, yep. I mean, he's in the league now, but uh, where did he play? Was he in San Diego this year? He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of liked, just... liked him on that team, but uh, but yeah, he'll probably go somewhere else. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's just a guy like he was so highly touted, but it seems like he's been everywhere. Well, I guess maybe with he was on the Rangers, but like, uh, yeah, he's just a guy who never um, never really amounted to the promise that he had in the in the minors. Um, but he's yeah. still kicking around, and he's only 28 somehow. I feel like he's been around forever. Yeah, just too maybe too much hype for for the kid. Like before he, um, you know, really did much uh, in the states. Um, uh, also, Jack, I man, I would have, I, I think I might have left Jerks and Profar off off my list uh, going through the rest of these guys. But um, yeah, we'll see. He <laughs> he definitely had a. Uh, Definitely had like uh, that pedigree that just never came to be, like you said. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, well, uh, Jack, uh, one guy, um, 
if you listened last week uh, that we, we rightfully roasted was Jock Peterson, um, who will now be a free agent. Um, it's funny here. MLB trade rumors have has him going to the Cardinals, which I just could not think of a better pairing there. Like, man. No. Um, uh, yeah, and well, I hope they're, pre- they're prepared to platoon him because he cannot hit uh, uh, lefties at all. Um, so I don't yeah, know if they right. would platoon him and Tyler O'Neill. Um, who just won a gold glove. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know, uh, I don't know what they do, but yeah, that, that, uh, that seems like a match made in heaven to me. <laughs> match made in heaven and a match made in hell. Is that a, point. what is that a wrestling reference? That was a 1991 SummerSlam uh, reference with, uh, um, match made in heaven was, uh, the, uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth got married, uh, at that SummerSlam. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Were they actually married? Um, you know, that was one of those things where, like, yeah, they were actually together in real life or something. Like, that whole, like, blurring of the lines of, of relationships and wrestlers, like, like on, like, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, in the spotlight was, I couldn't, I was too young to, to follow. But I, it's like, yeah, I think Elizabeth actually dated all the guys who she was with, you know, in, in in wrestling. Like I think she dated Lex Luger later on. Okay. With WCW and uh now she's dead, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, she might be. She might be dead. Um Yeah. And who was the uh who was the woman that Goldust dated? Was it Terry oh, Terry Runnels or something? That's her real name. Yeah, uh Marlena, right? Oh, it could have been. It could have been. That was that that was her name with Goldust, Marlena, I believe. Okay. Um but yeah, she was also she was in WCW also uh, as uh, Alexandra York, I think was her name. Oh wow! Okay, you you were you were really into wrestling, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh no! Oh, did, yeah. What, did we did we say that before the podcast? So I had asked Jeremy. Um, Jeremy had mentioned that oh, sort yeah. of around ninety four ninety five, he kind of stopped uh, paying so much attention to baseball for a minute, and uh, but instead he got really into music and wrestling. So, uh, you know, I was, we, we've established that we both, you know, had a period of time where we were into wrestling, but, uh, yeah, Jeremy, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're walking the talk right now. (laughs) Well, Jack, there was this like wrestling magazine that I, that I found, um, uh, like an independent, independently published magazine that would like publish the guys, like the wrestlers, like real names. Oh, wow. um, Like with the like like the, you know there would be an article and it would say like gold dust parentheses dustin runnels and like you know it was like whoa like i can't believe like people um you know i can't believe like i can find out these guys real names like as if i needed to know that as a you know 11 year old kid um but uh the i'll tell a real quick story like uh um we used to me and my friend uh, billy we used to go uh to the hotel um, where the wrestlers stayed to get autographs. Sure. This um, so is in would, Chicago? Yeah, in Rosemont. So they would wrestle at the Rosemont Horizon, which is now the Allstate Arena, which we went for uh, the um, the G League. Or no, what, what, did we go to the Allstate Arena for something? We, uh, fuck, I don't, I don't know if we ever, we did, Jeremy. We went to Rosemont, no. but I don't think we've ever been to the Allstate Arena together. That's right, yeah, and I'm thinking of the dogs. Yeah, okay, so we didn't, we haven't gone there, but um, it's a, uh, dumpy arena on the on the edge of town um, it is and uh that's where all the wrestling events would be and so me and my friend there was a hotel right next to it and we would go there and we got autographs and we we cleaned up on autographs it was crazy like i have vader's autograph like i think and people would tell me like oh that's a rare one like congratulations oh, um, wow. 
but we were like we were like hanging around the the hotel which like is crazy that they let these fucking like like annoying pests like just wander <laughs> around the floor of a hotel bothering <laughs> their guests their biggest client like the WWF um uh but uh we were like we were like um we were like standing by the elevator or something and like Mick Foley came down oh wow and um and we, I knew from the magazine that his name was like they said Michael Foley or whatever. Uh-huh. I think his real name is Michael. Um, and uh, he came off the elevator, and I said like, "Hey, Michael," and and he goes, he looks at me, and he's like, "No one ever calls me that." And then he like hit like the elevator button and closed the doors and like just like you know ran away from us or whatever. Really? Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. I never told you that story, Jack. No. That's hilarious. Well, well, yeah, Jeremy, I mean, like, uh, you know, maybe you were a little too young to realize, but I think people actually would call him Mick or, uh, or, or Jack, like uh, for Cactus Jack. I think like a lot of the, his fellow wrestlers would call him Jack. But uh, that's funny, Jeremy, the fact that he said no one ever calls me that. And then he didn't give you guys an autograph. No, no, we didn't didn't get his autograph. Like I just I remember I don't know I'll, I'll, in full honesty I don't know if it worked out where he said like that and then he hit closed doors and the doors closed on me. Yeah, I think, but he did like run away from us. He definitely ran away from people. Like he was trying to not sign anyone's autograph. But I mean, I called him Michael. So like, I mean, I don't know if anyone called him Michael. Like, um, so you know, uh, that's that was like my fatal flaw there. But uh, but yeah, I got a lot of autographs. I have a picture with Sergeant Slaughter where he's giving me a headlock, and it like it legit hurt because he's like made of muscles. You oh know? man! And, like he he like crushed. He was like squeezing my neck. Um, but like he was, you know, he in the picture he posed like he gave me a headlock, and I was like, Ooh, like when he like clenched his arm. Uh, I got Jimmy Jimmy the Mouth of the South Hearts autograph. Um, oh wow! At some point, and like. You know, you couldn't. I couldn't. You, I couldn't find it for all the money in the world. Like where these autographs are nowadays. But, uh, <laughs> but I did. I did meet all these guys at some point. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Do you still have the picture of you and Slaughter? You know, I want to believe that that picture exists somewhere, but I don't. I don't have it right now. I don't know where it is. But I, that's one I hope that I find one day because uh, that that was. I, I was a big. Fan. I was really happy to to have that picture. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a great story, Jeremy. I've never I've never heard that one. Um, yeah. yeah, so there you, there you go. Um, <laughs> another late episode story from Jeremy here. You know, if you've made it an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast, you're treated with this story of me meeting and scaring Cactus Jack, Mankind McFoley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, it was Jeremy, uh, how, how much he hates hippies. This yep. week, it's, it's wrestling. Uh, you gotta, yeah, yeah you gotta love it. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, so let's see any any more any more Jeremy this this year's free agent class sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to get excited about it like it's hard to like gauge what's going to happen like you would think that a lot of these guys would just re-sign or sign one-year deals because there's not much of a track record but I don't know, it seems like a lot of people are predicting movement here but like um you know, I don't know like yeah, I mean just to run down a, a quick list we don't have to talk about these guys but you know, Jose Quintana, I mean, I, I actually don't want to talk about him because I don't want to get started. But, like, yeah, it would be nice if Jose Quintana <laughs> would maybe take a hometown discount to come back to the Cubs just to try to pay back what he owes the Cubs for, for what they gave up for him. But, um, yeah, he's on that list. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., James Paxton, uh, Taiwan Walker. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, at, at that point, it's it's getting pretty bleak. So, I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh, even, even Adam Eaton is a free agent this year, Jeremy. 
No, oh, man. Well, eating ain't cheating. I'll tell you that much. Um, but uh, Corey Kluber is on this list too. Jesus, how the mighty have fallen. He is. Hey, I would I would take him on a one year deal with the Brewers. You know. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a sleeper signing for somebody. He I mean, is. Guy, he is. He's not done by any means. He just like was. He's just been hurt. He, yeah, he has. Um, so I would absolutely. Uh, even though he's thirty five, I think taking a flyer on him uh, for like a one or even a two year deal. Uh, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be all that bad because uh, I so I think that could be that'll be a good signing for somebody. Um, yeah, yeah. As far as uh, other under the radar guys, um, Jesus, I don't I don't even know. Yeah, John Lester, like you said, is on this list. Um, yeah. Jeremy Jeffress yeah. is going to be a free agent, but it looks like he's you know sort of starting to decline. Um, and yeah, even like yeah. I, Brad Miller. Brad Miller is listed as a free agent uh. here, but like. <laughs> I don't even. I can't even believe that guy's still around. Like, how is he even still kicking around? Well, he had like like some like significant homers this year for the Cardinals. I know he hit, he hit like I think he hit like two homers in a game against the Cubs, which I think they ended up coming back and winning. Or or he hit like he hit like three homers in two days in a series against the Cubs with the Cardinals. And I'm like, this guy really? Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's some interesting. Robbie Ray is an interesting name, I guess. Uh, Yadier Molina is on this list, which is crazy. Uh, Charlie Morton. I mean, my sleeper picks right now, I would say, are are Kluber and and Robbie Ray. I I think that, you know, uh, Robbie Ray is not terrible, um, depending on how much you pay him, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. The James Paxton one is interesting, but uh, he hasn't really done too much with the Yankees. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Jeremy, I think that's uh, that's going to about do it for this one, don't you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're good to go with that. Um, we'll see as things kind of come up here. We got awards coming up, and um, uh, some free agent movement hopefully will happen. And uh, who who the hell knows what's going to happen with the off season? But uh, but yeah, we can uh, wrap it up here for sure. So um, on that note, uh, then I'm uh, Jeremy Dionisio, and I'm Jack Swakowski. We'll see you next time. 